0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Momentum. And we are 31.5-year Wall Street veterans who have had to take on secret identities and go underground in order to provide you with a handful of ideas we screen for here in the shop each week. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air. So we've disguised our voices, and they'll never know. This week, uh, it is uh, June 22nd, 2012. We've run a uh, cash flow screen in the shop. We'd like to share a couple of ideas that came out of that. But first, some important caveats. First, this show is for entertainment purposes only. It's not a guarantee. Secondly, uh, this is a hobby for Mo and I after work. You know, During the week, we are professional analysts. We're doing a lot of important fundamental analysis uh, in, uh, projections, management interviews. Uh, Serious so, guesses. Yeah, and and we're doing none of that here on the show. Third, um, what's third? Mo- oh, we may not have your best interests in mind, so do your own work. We may accidentally recommend you do the opposite of what's best for you, so don't rely on anything we say here. And then fourth, we've been uh, drinking just a little bit this week. Less than
1: last week, yeah. which is
0: why last week's show wasn't posted. Yeah. It did not make it through. Our wives would not allow that on the air. All right, so uh, see all our caveats at www.thevalueguys.com, and there's pictures our moms took, and importantly, links to past shows, links to best ideas list, links to uh, evidently we're on YouTube now, uh, so you can go see that, and uh, it's all at www.thevalueguys.com. This week we have uh, four terrific value ideas. This is. really the meat of the show. We like to give a handful of ideas. And we simply are running screens that we use here in our value shop. We're small cap value investors, or I am. And uh, Mo is, of course, on the other side. On the, uh, He can tell you about that. But we run screens here. This week, we've run a screen that is called enterprise value to cash flow. Enterprise value is the market value of the stock. The debt less the cash—that's what we'd have to pay to own the business, and uh, and, uh, and
1: in theory, it's
0: more encompassing than a PE ratio. Well, it certainly adjusts for differences in balance sheets and gets at the core business. Um, and then we uh, we use as a, a denominator cash flow, which honestly, I'm doing this in Yahoo Finance. I don't know what they mean, but it's probably operating cash flow, which would simply be net income, depreciation. Uh, amortization and working capital. So it's not. Changes. So it's a, it's a
1: pure number.
0: It's not as uh, perverted as earnings can be. Certainly, it's the actual cash that comes in before you might have to make uh, an investment in your uh, property, plant, and equipment, or acquisitions, or things like so that. So that ratio is, in effect, it's the, a, the
1: purest P/E ratio.
0: I think enterprise
1: so. value more more um, universal, more holistic well, than here's earnings, how, here's how and I look. cash flow more
0: holistic than...? If you're looking at the uh, enterprise value to EBITDA, you can compare it to a price-to-earnings ratio, and what's in between those two, because enterprise value to EBITDA is the whole company, P.E. is just the value of the equity. Right. And then you'd have to look at the valuation on the bonds, the combination well, they, there is a formula there in terms of the weighted average of the debt and the price you pay for that in terms of interest but it's expense. But it's more complicated, and it takes much longer, and it's and
1: I don't know that it's necessarily better.
0: Well, and enterprise value simply smooths out the differences in the capital structure that you as a potential buyer don't want to know about, you want to know about the business, or you want to know about it separately. Anyway, this week we did a uh, a screen that looks for stocks that are under $2 billion in value in, in uh, market cap, which is considered small, uh, and then um, enterprise value to cash flow less than 10 times, and then I think we put a little bit of a balance sheet filter on there, maybe uh, 50% debt to capital, something like that. Uh, this week, I'll tell you what came out of this. 40 stocks. Mo and I have gone through them carefully. And here's the four that we're going to talk about. Arena Pharmaceuticals, ARNA, which I think you, actually you picked, Mo.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting yeah, company.
0: Got a nice chart on that for you. There's a Mo. Uh, Medical Product Properties Trust, MPW. Uh, that looks like a terrific yield story. Uh, Louisiana Pacific, LPX. This is a, a bit of a construction recovery play. And then finally, we're doing one uh, because it seems to be in Moe's family, and we want to talk a little about it. His mom asked us to do it. Momenta Pharmaceuticals Ticker, MNTA. But before we get to that, we're going to do a little uh, thing we like to call Value Guys Wall Street News. I mean, since we're down there, we might as well yep. pick up a few tidbits and pass them on to the listeners. Well,
1: I- obviously, the...
0: Huge news, the huge yeah, news huge in news. the
1: last two days.
0: Yeah, no, I, uh, actually, I missed it.
1: Actually involves us. Really? Bob Dahl, you know, the uh, portfolio manager at BlackRock. Famous, famous, yeah, famous big, guy. He's a CNBC regular. Yeah, he's yeah.
0: got a pretty good track record.
1: I Great track record, you know, big con- time commentator. Today, Wall Street Journal breaks the fact that... Uh, In his prospectus, when he raises money, they ask, well, how do you invest that money? And he says, quote, we were using a, this quote, proprietary multi-factor quantitative model,
0: proprietary. Proprietary meaning his own. His own. Yeah.
1: Which drives our investment ideas. And today, it's it's finally out. The new fund prospectus says um, that they're they're using a quantitative model generated by third-party research firms. And I am breaking it here today on the show. Really? they've been using don't say it the value guys value screen magic screen model and wow. that's gonna, that's going to wow wow so it's been our model it's basically been directing the assets of a 3.7 billion fund that has outperformed wow. virtually every other fund for the last 10 years and year they're thing.
0: using the value guys uh, magic Screen model.
1: I think you're going to find that in the are next you, week. You, that's going to you're going to
0: have. Is to that going to come out? Deep,
1: yeah, I think it's. Are you doing come out.
0: that on the side? I don't recall that exactly. You must be handling that division. Yeah, well, are you? It's, we should talk about it's that. It's there. How, yeah. how is uh, how's Bob taking uh, taking the news? He's, uh, you know, ha-
1: not to change the subject. Yeah, this is impressive. This is your fund. I'm looking at a graph here, of a, a, an incredible graph. It has a. Uh, one, two, three, four. It has five boxes on a lot it. Of Each box has lots of different colors on it. The boxes are actually three dimensional. They are.
0: We worked hard on that.
1: And I yeah. notice that your fund is at the top, upper left-hand corner of all these big giant rectangles. It's that
0: moment in time, Mo. We all dream about
1: being yeah. in the upper left-hand corner. Yeah. Well,
0: does it? Does it? Feel it could be in the right-hand corner. I don't think that matters. But
1: it is on the left-hand corner.
0: It is. You're at the yeah, top. It's a red triangle. And, uh,
1: so, yeah. what I was wondering is so basically, the perception of your returns are depicted on this page. Uh, which is conceivably. Created, right, which is created by a graphic artist. Yeah. So, am I really, right. I mean, uh, is this a, an artist's interpretation of your life, which is going to be depicted to me? Uh, or am I supposed to know, buy
0: your fund based off of these boxes? No, well, you know, that's meant to just d- depict uh, our performance relative to our competitors, frankly right there
1: so those oblong shoe boxes all of your competitors are down at the bottom and you're at the top well
0: no these are uh, these are these are quartiles so the way they typically show management performance uh, compared to their competitors is they break it into quartiles and they number them one through four which I think is very traditional just For to go with their quartile quartiles yeah. and uh, then they color them so uh, you know the 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 red is the bottom and the yellow is the second and there or I get it mixed up. I guess the you're first. The, yeah, you're we, the, we've had a good, good period. Um, fortunately, none of the ideas that create this great performance are gonna end up tonight? on the show. Yeah, so. we, don't, we don't talk about the good ones. So uh, what am no, Just kidding, listeners. Hey,
1: hey, this weekend, 97th, 97th annual 4th of July, Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's going to be carried live on ESPN right after Wimbledon. Really, hot dogs. So Those Joey can't Chestnut, be good for you. a shout out to Joey Chestnut. Joe, hey, this is Joey. his name, Joey Chestnut. Yeah. Last year's winner from San Jose, California, sixty-eight hot dogs and buns. Ten minutes. Wow. Is that's, he going to be trying to that defend is, his crown? That's six point eight hot dogs a minute. You, that's faster than your kids.
0: That's. <laughs> is he coming back to defend that? That's He's amazing. He's coming back
1: to defend it, and here's what I love. Guess who's hosting it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Mayor, Mayor Bloomberg. Is
0: <laughs> so he, he going to have to have milk with those I hot dogs? I don't know, dogs? but he
1: said, he was asked, how do you justify, how do you justify sponsoring a, You know, a competitive eating contest when you're outlawing you know, supersized soda because you think people are you know,
0: getting too fat? Yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble with that one, Mo.
1: Well, here's what he said. He said, quote, this morning, he said, uh, uh, yeah. scientists have concluded... That obesity is caused by soda, not hot dogs.
0: Really? So well, good
1: news to hot dog lovers is 4th of July, get out there and eat some because
0: there's Mayor you, Bloomberg who knows his stuff. I mean, even 60 hot dogs then, it cannot affect your weight.
1: Zero. But so two give cokes.
0: Up the, but give up the yeah. soda. So All
1: that's, right.
0: That's wow, what's that's going good on to here. Know. Um, I'll give you, I actually have no, uh, I have no Wall Street news this week. None. No. You should get out more. <laughs> uh, let me see if there's any around here. Um, nah, I'll just pass on that. I'll save it. Let's get right to the stocks. That's why people show up here, isn't it, Mo? They do. All right. So first up, a stock. Well, you you found this one, Mo. Why don't you do this one? Well, this we, were, a, we were we yeah. were looking and we came we
1: came across Fat Monkeys and I and I recognize it as a you know an indie rock band.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's uh, been a development. But
1: uh, in one of our, you know, our some of our searches get very complicated, and by the end of getting all the algorithms, which tell us, the algorithms actually tell us what to type into Google. They we do? came up, yeah. Well,
0: this was ten times cash flow, so remember. Oh, well, I know, but yeah. the, the it way it that. got
1: translated was yeah. fat monkeys. We Googled it, and we came up with this stock, and here's why.
0: Okay. These
1: guys have, have, have created a drug that... Um, Basically attacks the fat cells, restricts blood flow to the fat cells. Well, the stock's gone from one to
0: ten. That's why. So people
1: seem to like it. Well, I, I think there's three reasons. Yeah. What a lot of people are saying is obviously, you know, if this, if this, uh, if this works, they've just finished um, trial tests with it. Yeah. Obviously, it'll work with human beings, and you know, there's a uh, uh, there's a huge market for it. FDA has just approved it. Now they're talking about. You know, aftermarket tests, but that's why the stock's going up. Well, I'm excited about the uh, second the hidden,
0: opportunity. Yeah. Here's
1: the hidden story. Yeah, here's the hidden story. They say that um, an experiment. They they have an experimental drug that quote chokes off the blood supply to fat cells and has helped obese monkeys slim down by as much as thirty percent. And
0: here's what people Hey a slimmer monkey is a more attractive monkey.
1: And according you know. to the World Wildlife Association, approximately thirty-six percent of the monkey population in the United States is obese. So that is a problem. It's a market a lot of people are not figuring in. Wow. The other thing is even before the monkeys, they tested this on mice, and it's an earlier test of the drugs on obese mice. Yeah. Help 30% of them lose their body weight.
0: Wow. A third market. They might leave happier lives then at that so point, do you think, got. I think
1: you've got a lot of different plays th- here. The stock, hey, going this is... from we'll one to be, ten. It's a
0: ten-bagger. Yeah.
1: Do they it's, still use that term?
0: Uh, they certainly do. Absolutely, ten, ten you can bagger. say that. Yeah. Well, you know, this stock, it, can, it okay, it did pass our screen. So it's some kind of ten times cash flow. I admit I don't know how it managed to do that because this says enterprise value a billion eight, net operating cash flow 50 million, but I'm I'm sure I'm not calculating something uh, correctly. Uh, But the market value is a billion eight hundred million, and the sales are just 11 million. So there's a little ratio we use here in the value shop over here, which is called. Price to sales, it's not particularly fancy, but it does the job like a hammer. And this one is 164 times sales. So, again, I, I like to see them under one or two, but it's this so, one's uh, and obviously. And obviously, what the market is saying
1: is that it's coming that if, coming. They, they, that if no, it, it, no, even within the next year, yeah, if this gets approved, these sales, which are sales of other products, you know, very small products that they're selling. If uh if this gets approved, yeah. sales of this one drug. Yeah. If you really add in not only the the worldwide obese population, but the monkey obese population yeah. and the mouse obese population. Yeah, could, there's a lot of
0: mice and yeah. they, a lot of those are overweight. Yeah.
1: Hundred and seventy two trillion dollar market. Wow.
0: Yeah. How so, much will my are mice willing to spend on
1: this? Their whole like, owners, spend, the owners—that's the question yeah. that they all ask. It's the owners that are spending, and they'll spend a lot for their because they want attractive mice. You want you you know you also want them to live
0: a longer life. A lot of mice aspire to you know be models, and with this, it's uh, so, it's, it's going to be right up their alley at that point. Okay, so but I agree, the valuation is a little weird. So how would we figure? So let, let's see. There's 300 million people in. Do America. you like to go to Vegas? Uh, if if it's cold here, <laughs> then you don't want the stock. Next, no, okay. Louisiana Pacific. All right, uh, Louisiana Pacific. Ticker LPX. Why are we talking about this? I'm not sure entirely, but one of the reasons is it's less than ten times cash flow, and that's one of the advantages of doing a screen. They all passed. And it's the got, a, and it,
1: you know, it's got a good stock price. Even yeah. In the 52 week range. The stock's going from four to almost 11. Well,
0: here's the story on Louisiana Pacific. They're a provider in the construction in- industry. They do uh, wood products, materials, structural framing, exterior siding, uh, light commercial construction, other various things. But it's, it's, it's wood and housing and siding and things like that. You know, it's,
1: it's good that we actually read the fine print because last week's show, which was canceled because of... Excessive technic- drinking. <laughs> technical yeah. difficulty. I, we did the same company, and we thought it was a railroad... No, no, no. Did we Louisiana <laughs> yeah, Pacific? It's a good thing that that chose. I thought it, it was a state initially. In the Who's the governor? <laughs> that's what I
0: want to know. Louisiana Pacific. Um, here's the thing. It looks interesting, but um, and and so I chose it. I don't want to get too down on it. They uh, but their sales. You know, the housing industry is still under a lot of strain. Their sales for this year. Uh, we will just say last year, 1.3 billion. And that's down from 2006, which was the peak, 2.2 billion. So they're down. I don't have a calculator here, but that's roughly, you know, let's just say 40%. Right. Uh, the EBITDA back in that peak year, 241 million. Okay. Um, last year, uh, zero, and 2010, 77. Somehow they managed it. But then the prior three years, big negatives. So uh,
1: let me ask you a question. I don't understand this business sign. I never yeah. look at them. I'm going to just read you yeah. the last couple of years of EBITDA margins. Right. No, well, that's. So big. if I start in 2009, yeah. I, how does this explain this to me? Because it doesn't make sense to
0: Yeah, me. sure.
1: Um, I look at this and I say, okay, minus six in 2009, Yeah. plus six in 2010, zero in 2011 plus 5.5, 5, call it 6, yeah. in 2012. So I'm going, you know, 0 to 6 to 0
0: to 6. Well, well just what look at the, sale, the sales. These guys are they're that, uh, that, that, that sensitive. They're very sensitive. It's a lot of fixed costs for mills and factories that cut wood and all that infrastructure. So you see these little changes uh, to go from minus – Six to five was just sales going from a billion one to a billion four. So there's that much fixed cost in the business that when you get a little bit of an uptick. Well, I'll tell you. Well, that's why. So, look, uh, in the year ending this year, 2012, the estimate is for 80 million in EBITDA. So I just want to say the enterprise value to EBITDA, which listeners have heard me talk about as some estimate of a cash-on-cash yield for a long time, that ratio is 187 today. So 187, the inverse of that, that's a 0.005% annual return or half of 1%. Now, what's interesting about that, it sounds ludicrous, but remember the long treasury is at one and a half. This is is one third of that, plus you're going to get growth. Is it going to be more than 2%? What the market's saying is, yes, we are burning through our housing inventory. Uh, the numbers on people per dwelling actually for the first time in 50 years had ticked up. That's not a, you know, that's going to be a static situation. Um credit's starting to ease a little bit. Despite the fears right now because of Europe, the, actually the economy in the United States is curing. We talk about that on walking through economic trends. And so the market is saying these guys, are going to get to some of their old levels. Why? Capacity has come out of the industry since then. These are one of the, you know, guys still standing, but I'm going to guess at least a third of capacity in these areas has come out. Um, population is up and people still want dwellings. Just ask yourself, would you like to live in a dwelling? If you're saying yes, uh, then here's another question. Do you want to live with some strangers? No. Okay. That means housing is still, you know, okay. We're not moving into other kinds of, you know, no one's living in their car on a permanent basis. So the market expects these sales to get back to these old levels. And I'm just going to suggest part of that is already in the stock because the market's so sure of it. And uh, and that's a reason why uh, this is selling, you know, at such a low earnings yield right now. now
1: Val, let me ask you a question because this, this has got to be an eye opener, and there's clearly an industry story here that I'm not getting because the stock's acting well despite this this history. But if I go back all the way to 2007 and I just look at ROE, yeah, minus eight, minus 37.
0: Well, those are all just from the losses, right? Yeah.
1: Um, and so this company's had one, two, three, four, five, six years of losses. Yeah, it's been a tough. So if it were me, I would spend at least a minute or more, look at their balance sheet to make sure that they haven't been bled to death and they're about to die at right at, as the race is about well, to take Well, their
0: debt-to-cap is 40%. Right. Uh, they did just do something that uh, you know people should like. They had a 13%, uh, let's see, they had a 13%. So back here, when the stock went from 10 to 1%, Back in 08, people, anything with debt, people got scared because banks just simply stopped loaning money. And these guys got caught up in that as well. The stock went from, at one point, 10 years ago, the stock was, uh, it looks like around 25 or so, maybe higher, and now it's 10. So clearly, um, you know, some value has come out of the stock as sales have fallen. But what they what they had to do back then was they had to take on just for survival, a two hundred and thirty four million dollar piece of debt, they paid thirteen percent interest on that. Oops, last week they paid that off, okay, so they've paid it off, and uh, I think they're probably going to have to roll that into something. but if I just take um, the interest on this thing was about uh let's see thirty million after tax twenty million. They were paying about 15 cents a share in interest. If they can manage to fund this with cash, and I'm looking for a cash balance here. Do you see one, Mark? I, uh, yeah, cash. Well, they have 340 No, they have nothing. Okay, nothing. So they may just have to go, you know, get another loan, and maybe this time they can get 10% instead of 13. So they'll pick up 3%, which is, uh, you know, basically 3% would be about, six million after tax four million and how many shares are there? Thirty so they're gonna they're gonna pick up a few cents a share in earnings.
1: They will and hey. I think they have finances. Take a look at this uh, cash position. It was uh two thousand nine three hundred and ninety thousand, three hundred million. Th- million uh three hundred and forty million and uh two thousand beginning of this Unless year. Unless
0: those are thousands, what do you think? No. Those are mil- millions, yeah. Millions. Um so and
1: so, unless I'm missing something, that cash which has been on the balance sheet for one, two, three years, all of a sudden was spent in the Boom. first half. Boom. So of the maybe year. they
0: used I cash.
1: Think I, I think that was. If the cash. that's the case, so that's just not reflected yet in the the decline in the, or well, the impact impact earnings. They're going
0: to pick up 15 cents a share then. my the second saying, half. Yeah, and what that does, let's just put a multiple on that, since it's so certain that they're going to get that from now on, because they, in effect, they paid off the debt. So we're certain they're going to save. 15 cents a year per share. So put a multiple I'll on that net right. the stock price. Uh, well, that's, it's worth three bucks. The stock's at 10, and it didn't change much in the last little period here, maybe a little bit. But the point is, just by set, paying that off, they picked up three bucks in value on a $10 stock price. And so the market, again, these little incremental changes, if demand comes back, their margin's going to go from you know, 5% to back in these good times, it was 10 right. So here's what the market thinks. Sales could double, and the margin could double, which means margins could quadruple, and uh, or, or, or rather EBITDA could quadruple, and you're willing to pay in a little advance of that because the trends over history in housing and people wanting homes is so solid. So it's an interesting play just on do people want to live in houses and if your answer is yes, Louisiana Pacific uh, may have some upside to it. So take a look. And then uh, what? Is that We done? Oh, medical, no. Medical, one more. Medical Properties Trust. Medical Properties Trust, ticker MPW. Uh, this came to me in a screen, Mo. In a screen well, one uh, night. And Ten what? times cash flow or less. And... Uh, you know, all I can tell you about this one is they're a REIT. They own a bunch of health care-related real estate, which means I think it's a good market for a lot of years, good demographic trends. They're going to get their rent paid, and they have to turn around and pay out 95% of their cash flow to which us. Is, which
1: is a 9% yep, nine, yeah, nine, nine percent. Percent yield. Oh, let's just say that again. It sounds so 9% nine nine
0: percent percent yield. yield. Wow. So, if you have a friend or a loved one, or yourself maybe, that's going, what in the world? I'm getting one, I'm getting nothing in the money markets, nothing at the banks. What do I have to freaking do to get some yield? I'm suggesting Medical Properties Trust, ticker, MPW. A couple of other stats. They're doing an 86% EBITDA margin, which to me says they own properties, they have a lady, she picks up rent checks, she walks them down to the bank. That's it, and then they pay that out to us. They have 2.2 billion in assets. That's been growing very nicely. Uh, seven years ago, it was 700 million. So the assets are growing nicely. That represents just them buying new properties along the way. And uh, they're, I believe, taking on yep they're taking on some debt to do it. So it's a, a very interesting ongoing uh, business model where they have some property, they get some rent, they get a little more rent, they get a little more loan at the bank, they buy another property, and then meantime they're paying out all the cash flow, 95% of it to us. Uh, the uh, the estimates are remarkably stable, as you can see. Which you would expect on yeah. a REIT in a stable market. And then, uh, you know, some of the uh, valuation metrics here are a little sh- weird because it's more of a royalty type of model, rent on buildings you own. But the one metric that's nice is price to book. Presumably, these book value numbers are close to market value. And so you're paying a little bit of a premium to the liquid value of the properties. uh, And you're paying because they're managing it and they're going to grow it for you. And you're picking up a 9% yield. So I think, you know, this is a tough time for yield. And this is a very serious uh, opportunity, I think. So you know, we like to goof around here on the value guys, but uh, Medical Properties Trust (MPW) something it's real yeah, something, now. It's real.
1: It's, <clears throat> it's that time of the show. Which time? That time. Okay. Guess the dividend. Guess.
0: So uh, so we have a, some theme music for gifts? The dividend mode? Maybe or?
1: we can. You can splice some in later.
0: Yeah. Like what are you thinking?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe the you theme song to Shaft.
0: Know. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, legally use that anyway. So here's a, here's a question. You yes. know,
1: obviously the nine percent yield. that you buy the stock for the yield? You know, everything else about it is stable, and uh, the key is you want to know that that dividend is safe. At worst, maybe it, maybe it would go up. So. When yeah. you look at a company like this, you want to ask yourself not just what's the dividend now, but what's it likely to be next or year or what has
0: it been, mo? I forgot to mention, what they the did trends? cut this dividend yeah. at oh, one that point. That was a long time uh, ago. Like 5 years ago right. during a the, long time you know, ago. the midst of the crisis to save cash, I'm Fair sure. enough,
1: that's true. But what you can really look at is a little more, a little more reason history and just make yourself comfortable with the fact that you're going to get the dividend. That get you're the dividend. This stock for. That's the so, the key thing here is you're so going to get the dividend. So, I'm going to read you the dividends. The dividends. And you can use your computer. You can use the abacus
0: over there on your get, desk. let's have a little music. Guess the, the dividend. dividend. Okay. That's our creative department.
1: So, uh, you know, because if you, if, now we're using very advanced algorithms. Advanced you're going to be here. using the. Me, wait you, a minute, let desktop. me adjust the horizontal here. Okay. So, um. 2009.
0: Yes, hold on. Okay.
1: 80 cents.
0: All right. Let me enter that. 2010. 80 cents. All right. Now, is Bob Doll going to be uh, paying attention? 2011. 80 cents. All right. Let me enter that in.
1: 2012. Yep. 80 cents. Okay. <laughs> okay, you have... 25 minutes for your answer. <laughs> okay, we're back. 20 minutes have gone by. Okay. And I'm sleepy. What what have your algorithms come up with for the next year's dividend? 82 cents. Well, there's your alpha. <laughs> because I think a lot of our readers might have said, said 80, 80 cents, cents, right? But no. this is why you hire we professionals. Have the
0: systems. That's why all so, right. onward. Okay. <laughs> onward to what? That might be the end of the show. At the end we of the show. We do have another segment. Oh, yeah. Unless you're entirely bored with this, then just go do something more fun. But we're going to do something called paging through national economic trends. And since we are uh, weeping through, weeping. And we, uh, we actually haven't even printed that, so we're going to have to be right back. Okay, we are back, We're ladies back. and gentlemen, and uh, we have back. just uh, spent some time printing and then paging through and, uh, drinking. National Economic Trends. Now, we do this uh, segment, we've been doing it for a lot of years, we're looking at some documents <clears throat> from the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, National Economic Trends, and there's a companion piece, National Monetary Trends. This stuff is must-read material if you want to know what's going on in the economy. And if you don't, then don't worry about
1: it. And right? the thing that's yeah. great about it is you can look at it online and you don't really actually have to read it because it's just a series of graphs. Just so If you pictures. spend a little bit of time, research so like you a get Chinese an idea restaurant, of what, really. what each one of those mean. Google I like it. that chart. You know, mm. that kind of thing. So All
0: on. right. So we're starting on page uh, one. It's just the cover page. So I'll just pass that. Uh, page two. Uh. Do you have anything there? No. Was that a three. Meh, meh? Meh. Page meh, three. Meh. meh. All right. I got something here on page four. A uh, lot of talk about gross domestic product, what's going on, et cetera. And you've got 25 years here. And I would just say that it appears to me that we did have a little slowdown in 2011, but we're getting a little bit of a flick up right now, and that's continuing. A flick up? A flick up.
1: Is that a technical yeah, term? it absolutely flick.
0: is. And then to support that, because GDP's got a lot of stuff in it, and some of it doesn't make any sense, so just trust me. But just below that is something called industrial production. This makes a lot of sense. It's all the stuff we produce. And this thing is going up right now at about a, uh, I'm just going to say, about a 6% annual pace. It kind of troughed out at around, four last year but it's it's been going up since the summer of 2011 and it's uh right now year over year industrial production up six percent and so we're expanding that's a good uh a good trend i'm not sure people know that so there you go little piece of little data port. i got a, i got a um stump the expert question for you okay Page. where are we going to get an expert Mo?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll just put it out to the audience.
0: Oh, The audience, then.
1: So we're—I'm looking at page eight in this uh, this uh, printout.
0: Page eight. Yeah. It's skipping ahead. <clears> yeah.
1: Twenty-five years worth of interest rates. Yeah. Page seven. Sorry. Page seven. Seven. All right. Twenty-five years worth of interest rates. Yeah. For the last four years, we've had interest rates close to zero. They're just hugging the ground there. <clears throat> They're hugging. That's the, the mean, three-month Treasury you're looking at. Have we ever seen this? in history? Because this goes back to 1987, but it doesn't go back to uh, prehistoric times.
0: I think you got to go back to the 30s, which we don't have that data right here, to see what in the world, you know, we were doing then to try to combat the problem. I will note the Federal Reserve, uh, I believe it came into existence in 1913. So they were up and well, alive and well during the Depression, and we should go see what they were doing. but. You know, if you try to spur an economy, as they say, you can't push on a string. All you can do is put interest rates to zero Zero, to try to spur people to do something. And uh, that's when you hear that phrase. It's like, what what else can they do? They can lower interest rates, and then they can put money money into the economy by uh, buying bonds. And so when I buy bonds, if I'm the Fed, I'm spending money, sending it somewhere, and they believe that's going to. Kind of move around in the economy. Well, it
1: would be a big, it would be an interesting academic study. If I was getting a, you know, a, if I was a graduate student looking for a, a thesis, I would say uh, you when were, th- but
0: that was like forty years ago. right? Uh,
1: yeah, forty
0: more than. Yeah, years. yeah,
1: yeah. I'd ask. Uh, I'd write a. I'd write a paper on the following. We've had zero interest rates at for 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 four years in a row. When was the last time in history we saw that? If you have to go all the way back to the thirties. When interest rates finally rebounded, and you've got 100 years of history telling you that ultimately they will, where did you make the most money back then?
0: Does that work today? That's where you put 100% of your money. And Well, uh, I don't waste? know about that. Here's the thing about low interest rates. It's very interesting. You say, oh, low interest rates, it doesn't cost me a lot to borrow money, so um, that's good. And in some sense, it is good. It, you know, it, it promotes economic growth. It's trying to do that. Here's the downside, okay, of all the good ideas in the world, um, it's a nice discipline to have to pay uh, for your capital. Because if you don't have to pay for it, you might get a little sloppy on your idea. So all of a sudden, in order for us to make money with interest rates at .5, we only need to have an idea that can earn 1% returns or two, and we're feeling pretty good. Whereas when there's higher interest rates... It actually helps the growth because, in effect, it's putting some discipline in that if, if interest rates are 6%, you need an idea that can generate a 7 or 8% return in order to be profitable. So low interest rates actually, in my opinion, put a little pressure on longer-term growth, in part because there's dumb ideas getting money instead of having to filter just the best ideas. And so that's...
1: You no, know, that you, makes sense, an and, and, and I would
0: only say that
1: uh, that has historically been the case, but right now, even with interest rates as low as they are, uh, find me someone that's been able to renegotiate their mortgage. The banks are, you know, the
0: rates are that low, but the banks are not making yeah. that many loans. Well, that's and, true. So. The prices are low, but they aren't selling anything. Right, exactly. Yeah. So g- keep going because okay. well, i so got another right. stump am. I'm going to move back in page count to page five. That's and uh, I think that what's interesting there's a chart here on the bottom left called "Real Change in Private Inventories," and it's not a reality TV show, although it could be with that title. These are the billions of dollars, two thousand five dollars, that are invested by private business of their own volition. No one's making them; they just do it in order to, you know, earn a little money. Um, and they're pumping right now fifty billion, most recent quarter, first quarter of 2012, looks like sixty billion in inventory, and that means things that they expect their customers to be buying soon. So it reflects confidence in the economy. Again, no one's arm twisting them or forcing them. Just the sheer interest in earning a return on capital leads them to be pumping in the last six months a hundred billion into the economy through inventory, which means goods cross all industries, which means it goes to pay for employees and buildings and all kinds of things and uh, so the annual pace is two hundred billion, and they're just getting started so this thing uh, doesn't go back very far, but I think that uh, in good times this number can be easily twice what it what it is, so if it's a hundred or even 150, you start to have a private engine just in inventories, that's before property plant and equipment and and people and all that, of uh, what could start approaching $600 billion a year every year. And I think that puts into perspective when you start talking about an $800 billion stimulus package that's once. You know, that's really not what's going to get you going because the, the private industry is prepared to put in, $600 $600 billion just in inventories every year once the economy gets going. That's the true engine of economic growth is private industries investing. And we're, uh, we're getting back to some levels that, uh, you know, start to allow this thing to, 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 you know, start going a little bit. So I think that's very important. Thought I'd mention that here on the show, Mo, private inventories. And then I had another one here, and this was a, uh, this was a very patriotic, uh, one. I see the little yeah. flag. <laughs> the yeah. flag you drew there. It says. There. Uh, I'll say. So page nine uh, of National Economic Trends. There's a little chart called Oil and Natural Gas Prices. And what's interesting, and I might have talked about this before, is that gas prices, because of all this new shale gas that they're discovering, yep, the fracking, have, have pushed gas prices down to three bucks per 1,000 cubic feet, which is how they measure that. And in order to convert that into, what if I had barrels of oil, you multiply it by 6. So uh, 6,000 cubic cubic feet of gas has the energy equivalent of one barrel of oil. So here's the thing. One barrel of oil costs $85. The barrel oil equivalent equivalent of gas costs... $15. $15. So it's an enormous gap in energy prices. It's only happening in the U.S. Why? We have the technology to do fracking. Other nations don't, okay? And it was really driven by the fact that the government came hard down so hard on environmental uh, rules that there wasn't, you know, a, a, an opportunity to drill as much as you'd like, so you had to basically go into... Uh, you know, reservoirs that were already passed over and figure out a way to crack the rock and and get the trapped gas out. And it's been an enormous success. And so we now have, in effect, the rest of the world is paying $85 a barrel for energy, which a lot of times is, you know, 20% of your economy or 15 to 18 anyway in the advanced economies. We, instead of 85 that everyone else is paying, we are paying 15. This is enormous, and just in the last three months, a couple of giant chemical companies—one being Dow, and I think the other one being Celanese—have announced new uh, chemical plants here in the United States to take advantage of these low energy. Now, let,
1: now to be now to be fair, while the gas prices, uh, natural gas prices have come down, not. Every industry is outfitted right this very second to make use of that. Well, no. Now, I know that the the huge trucking fleets are actually converting their trucks from yeah. diesel. it's starting to happen. And um, and you know, Boone Pickens has been a big proponent of all of He's that. He's been talking
0: about that for a long time. He has, but it's
1: going to take some time to re-engineer a lot of the existing well, this oil. Is happening. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, on the
0: engine side, there's a yeah. lot of great engines. Uh, it's going to be, you know, building out the, the stations. And if you can move vehicles to natural gas, um, that's going to be an enormous benefit to the economy. Just in cost savings for every family that's now paying yep. 20% of what they were for fuel. But in the meantime, um, we're getting the benefit of it through these um, chemical companies and other firms that use, you know, gas and oil. They're switching from oil to gas, and it's going to be an enormous uh, help to growing the economy, so I thought that was, weird. and I did write Go USA. I saw Go that, USA, with a, the flag Absolutely. and everything. So,
1: well, I'm on page 17. Yeah, you can tell me if you get there, if page you see 17. something uh, for
0: me. Uh, well, on page 13, it's just these are monthly bars, but the last two have been uh, real disposable personal income. That means after inflation of 0.2% in each of those months. If I multiply that by 12, that's 2.4% growth in personal income. And, now, uh, we've had a lot of head
1: fakes in that category. We've had two months of, you know, of movement forward, one month back. Two months, look at that trend historically. Two months going forward, one month back. One month going forward, two. Yeah, flat. but now
0: for five months in a row, forward, flat, flat, forward, forward. So it may be a little better trend. Yep, sounds like a dance step. And then, uh, and then the last one I had this week, Mo, uh, and there's so much in here to, to talk about. People should just go look at this Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis National Economic Trends. But on the bottom of page 13, consumer sentiment, University of Michigan. This kind of tells you what mood people are in. And when people are in good moods, they buy stuff. This thing's been going straight up since the fall of 2011, and the most recent blip is a blip even more up than it was going a moment earlier. So I thought that was a very positive uh, trend, and I think some of the gloom and doom that's on in the market right now is a head fake. I think right, things one are looking pretty good. One,
1: one quick question, historical question, stump the expert. There's a, uh, there's a chart on page 17,
0: very yeah. standard.
1: You see it all the time. It's called federal debt.
0: Yeah, ouch. Yeah. And
1: uh, federal debt, you know, this goes back to 1988. Yeah. Federal debt has been as high as 70% of uh, GDP and as low as 55% of GDP. And that's sort of where it's fluctuated. Good times, bad times, and boom, beginning in '08, we have climbed out of all historical ranges and we're zeroing in on 100% of GDP. Yeah. That ever happened before?
0: You know, this chart doesn't go back. Um, I have studied this because this is the most – it's not – this is alarming, but also just the percentage of GDP that's government spending, and those two kind of go together. Um, I'm going to guess that uh, in 1945 this was this bad because World War II was an enormous effort, and that's the last time government spending as a percentage of GDP – it was as high as it is right now. Of course, they had in, the
1: post-war boom to yeah, <laughs> dig they, them but, out of that right, hole, Actually, and we do not have it that. It was
0: amazing because uh, over the next about 10 years or 15 years, they really got that debt down to uh, a, a very reasonable level. I mean, that not to zero, but um, it's been – and I don't have this chart in front of me, but my recollection is it was going d- down from 1945 to about 1963, sort of in that range – and then the whole uh, build up of medicare, medicaid, all that stuff started kicking in and all those numbers have been going up ever since which is 50 years and all you know right. obviously if your children you know they started out with a little bit of an allowance and your you know your income was flat and every year they just kept taking more and more allowance pretty soon you know they'd have more money than you and that's what's kind of happening right now in America is the government is you know getting a little bigger than those of us that are non-government, and uh, that hurts growth because government traditionally is not that smart of an investor. I mean, they have roles to play in society. Investor traditionally isn't one of them, and so when they do invest money, it's got a lower return than when private uh, business invests, and what that translates into is a lower growth rate, and what that translates into is lower wealth as you go out 10, 15, 20 years when your grandkids will, you know, want a car, it might be a little harder to afford. But fortunately, uh, these things do seem to be kind of trying to reverse out. As you can see here, the most recent change in federal debt was still up, but it was up at a slower pace than in 2009 when, of course, uh, we basically, uh, you know, bailed out. Uh, the banks. Yep. yep. And uh, and so, but yeah, it's a it's an, it's a, a scary trend for sure.
1: One last, very quick one. Gonna just test yeah. the
0: tech, test the expert on page 21. there's a sir. Chart
1: there that says because I thought this is striking corporate profits as a percentage of GDP. Yeah. And I'm looking at this. This is a 26 year chart. Yeah. Corporate profits. Have averaged about eight percent of GDP for years. You know, they 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 come up a little bit to ten, and then they go back down. They come up a little bit to ten or eleven. They come back down. So that's for twenty six years. Corporate profits as a percentage of GDP right now are thirteen yeah. percent, highest they've ever been in twenty six years. Yeah, does the market sound cheap based on that? Um, or should it sound cheap because of, because maybe the, G, the the reference or the the comparison to GDP doesn't carry.
0: Well, I would like to point out to people that um, uh, corporate profits, they are right now at the highest level as a percentage of GDP in 25 years, but four years ago, as you could see, Mo, yep. they were at the lowest level that they were in uh, the prior 20, yep. 20 years, and so things have been a little volatile. Um, uh, there's a couple things, I think, affecting corporate profits, which means helping capital, uh, capitalists, people who invest in property, plant, and equipment. Um, what they're finding is because of global trade um, and global competition for work, and we've seen this, labor costs around the world uh, have been going down. In other words, when you can move a plant to Mexico or China, get your labor costs reduced, um, you know, laborers are upset about that, but the question is, do people with money have the right to invest it wherever they want? And I think if you look in your books about what America is supposed to be about, you're supposed to be able to do what you want with your own money. And so corporations, in, you know, in terms of helping their shareholders, move to the lowest-cost uh, facilities, and that's been helping their labor costs, and that's been helping their corporate profits. I think the other thing that's been going on here, and it's simply and we see this in the productivity numbers, is that with the Internet and, and other technologies, um, but you sometimes just simply don't need to hire people. And when you, when you let people go in the depths of the recession, because if you don't, you'll, your firm will run out of money, when business picks up, you start looking around and you go, hey, hey, where's Jimmy? You know, we don't need Jimmy anymore. We let him go, we laid him off, but now on the way out, you know, you don't need a librarian, you don't need a secretary, you don't need a receptionist, you don't need a filing clerk anymore. And so there's just, you know, there's so many things we don't need. We were talking a couple weeks ago, Mo, how our first jobs were to fill out big spreadsheets with data to hand to the senior people. That's a button on my screen now with my old job. So uh, I think what's happened is business is finding ways to produce more by making people much more productive, and uh, I mean, and, sure, and they uh, talk
1: about auto. They talk. There's a BMW plant everyone talks about in North Carolina, the where there's no people on the floor. Nor people, yeah, yeah.
0: But on the other hand, I'd like to, because again, this is controversial. People say, "Well, wait a minute, companies that don't have people, is that really good for America?" And I'd say, "Yes. Why? Those people are doing something else. So the factory's making a bunch of stuff that we all get to use, right, or buy." But then the people that used to be there, using up their day doing that, they're free.
1: They're on the streets, right? Where they, well, we see them outside, they have little signs. Some of them entrepreneurs. are, but, but
0: not all of them are. The imp- unemployment rate is not fifty percent; it's 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 eight percent. And so, uh, and we go through time. There's always people that are moving from one career to another. Oftentimes, those are the people that invent stuff and do something great. I think. You know, Jeff Bezos, he left our industry.
1: And he was an unemployed he, he auto was. worker. He worked on and the right-left-hand you
0: know, Uh Steve Jobs, I mean, he got fired from Atari for being a goof You know, would there have been an Apple computer if he would have not been fired? So, of
1: course, if Steve Jobs was uh, driving a uh, forklift truck, maybe he wouldn't have gone on to found Apple. Well, that's a pretty Apple. good job, yeah. right.
0: So I think that you got to think about what makes economies go. And it, at the founding of our nation, 98% of the people... Can we play patriotic patriotic music? I, mean, I could lay this in. Yeah. But they were farmers. They were farmers. And you might say, oh, my God, I see a future where none of us are working on the farm. We're not working on the farm? What are we doing? I don't know. Oh, my God. I mean, that would sound scary, but in fact, 3% of the people work on farms now, and that's good. Everyone right. else is doing other stuff that is good. So... I think that,
1: uh, and the people that couldn't transition died.
0: Well, or they, you know, they're they're yeah, still they're living gone. at home with their parents, you know, a couple hundred years old. So, um, anyway, uh, you've managed to spend another hour or fifty-two minutes listening to the value guys. And so uh, we appreciate that, I guess, Mo. Don't we?
1: Yeah. Shout out at the end of the show to BlackRock. Thanks for yeah. using. Thanks for using our screens. That's
0: a lot of good publicity for the it's Value Guys. It's gonna
1: be great. I think it's gonna be great.
0: So uh, check all our past shows out and other various things at www.thevalueguys. This has been the June twenty-second, two thousand twelve edition of the Value Guys Stock Talk Show. And thanks for listening in, everybody. And have a great weekend. Thank mm-hmm. you.